This is 92.5 Phoenix FM, Community Radio for Dublin 15. Hey everybody, it's JB Jeremy Borash and you are listening to Daryl O'Connor on the... Alright guys, it is Tuesday night here on Phoenix 92.5 FM. You're listening to Review or the Wrestling Rewind over on the True Penny channel. Thanks very much for joining us. My name is Daryl O'Connor and we have a very special show lined up this week. This is an interview with author Brian Shields from 2014. It's about the time that he um, released his book on WrestleMania. It's the entire history of WrestleMania uh, produced by the WWE. We get into a lot of awesome topics here. It's definitely one to check out. I'm going to try to get Brian on the on the show again to talk about his experience working with Acclaim for uh, WWE. Or I suppose it was WWF then. Warzone, Attitude. And the Legend of Wrestling games. I think we touch on it a bit as well in this interview. But I'm going to try to expand on that. Check this one out. Let me know what you think. I'm Daryl Connor. This is WrestleView. Or the Wrestling Rewind. Here on the True Penny Show channel. And also. NerdToKnowMedia.com. And Phoenix 92.5 FM. I am joined on the line here by uh, a New York's time best-selling author and writer. Who has ex- whose experience is quite frankly outstanding um he has written for hulk hogan shaquille o'neal and basically if you guys are into professional wrestling and like books that cover everything uh you know it's it's this man it's brian shields uh he's covered the wwe uh the history of wrestlemania the encyclopedia and now we have another encyclopedia of the 30 years of wrestlemania this man uh i I, i'm butchering your resume sir but i'm really really excited to actually talk to you about this and we're going to spend an hour now kind of getting to why you wrote this book and what's going on but thank you very much for joining me mr brian shields welcome well first of all you you didn't butcher anything that was a, a very kind introduction thank you and um, I, I have to tell you, I've enjoyed your work for a long time. So it's it's great to uh, be on the other side of the, uh, I guess, uh, the, the radio wave, so to speak, and, and now be a guest on the show. So thanks for having me. No worries, man. Listen, I, I've been reading your stuff for quite some time. I didn't realize it was as extensive as it actually is. You have a very impressive bio. Um, I think the first time that I was... Uh, actually aware of your work was when the WWE Encyclopedia came out. I actually own two copies of it and that alone, let, let's just go back there. What was that like to actually get access to all the WWE history? It was unbelievable. You know, I mean, one of the things, and, and just to, I'll, I'll bring it back a, a little bit further than that, just so, uh, so that everybody is kind of on the same page. Um, I started work with WWE in the late 90s when I began my career in this. Uh, so anybody in your audience that played WWF Warzone, uh, WWF Attitude, those games oh, were from Acclaim Entertainment. Okay. Uh, they were on the PlayStation 1 yeah. and N64. Um, and if you're a real collector you might be one of the few people that have a copy of WWF Attitude on the Sega Dreamcast. Um, So that's when my career uh, began and I started working with WWE. Um, You know, for me to, uh, and actually my first book was with WWE in 2006 through Simon & Schuster called Main Event WWE in the Raging 80s. 
And that was a 200 page paperback on the most important superstars and match results and events and timeline of, of what went on in WWE during that decade. Okay. Uh, um, like you mentioned, most people became familiar with me and my work uh, with the WWE Encyclopedia, which came out in 2009, uh, right before WrestleMania 25. And, you know, that was just a dream come true as far as having the opportunity to uh, work with WWE and DK Publishing on such an important title. Um, and the, you know, and the fans spoke, thankfully. The, the book debuted on the New York Times bestsellers list. Uh, it was there for five consecutive weeks, um, you know, and, and it was just amazing. You know, when, when you work with WWE and, and and this goes for the 30 years of WrestleMania book that I just completed, you know, when, when you're working with them and you need something as a writer, you get it. Uh, whether that's access to their incredible video and photo archives um, if it's, uh, an interview with somebody, you know, um, thanks to Steve Panaleo and Mark Carano at WWE, um, I was, uh, given backstage access, uh, to, uh, last year and earlier this year at live events and raw and SmackDown events, uh, to interview the talent for 30 years of WrestleMania. Mm. So you know, when I think back to that first encyclopedia in 2009, uh, it was just an incredible product. It was an incredible project to be part of. And, you know, it's one of those things where, you know, it's still after all these years, it still doesn't seem real. Well, speaking of which, you've kind of uh, blown my, my mind a little bit talking about WWE Warzone and WWE Attitude. I, I've literally uh, just been playing those games the past few days. Oh, awesome. And I had no idea that you had worked on them. What what did you do on those games? Um, I started out my I've always been a writer, but my 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 career began in marketing. Um, I started out uh as actually a marketing intern for WWF Warzone. So, um if you saw a lot of like screenshots on the game mm. or um the footage of the game that would be like edited in the commercial or something like that. Those were things back then, you know, that I did. Um, I was, cause again, you know, I was just starting my career. Um, the next year for WWF attitude, I was actually a full-time acclaim employee at that point as a marketing coordinator. Um, I was just a few months fresh from graduating college. Um, you know, and the WWE would come to acclaim regularly for motion capture sessions back then. Right. So uh, right around the fall of 1998, I remember I met DX uh, for the first time and a lot of members of the WWE locker room. Um, you know, so and again, it was really like marketing support. So it was, you know, pulling screenshots, it was pulling footage, um, you know, doing all those kinds of things. And, you know, you're just getting your career started. So um, you're just you're happy to be there and, and learn as much as you can and 
you know, your mouth is uh, sewed shut and, and your ears are spread open. Hmm. Um, at Acclaim, we also did the uh, the only two ECW video games that were ever made. <laughs> and um, Take me right back, man. Take me right back. And then the uh, last wrestling products that I worked on at Acclaim uh, was something that I helped create called Legends of Wrestling. Yes. And, and um, we had three of those games. Uh, the last one was in 2004 called Showdown Legends of Wrestling. And our spokesperson was Hulk Hogan. So it was kind of a, looking back on it now, it was really an interesting series of coincidences um, that I ended up, you know, working a lot on these these wrestling-related and official WWE projects. And, you know, thinking back now, it's it's made my job as a writer so much, just so much easier. And, you know, as I said, you know, that's how I started out my career in the games business. And, you know, working with the uh, NBA, Major League Baseball, the NFL, you know, for the international audience, those are the uh, American professional sports leagues and uh, baseball, basketball, and football. Um, you know, I have to say there's nothing like working with WWE um, as far as the quality of partnership, uh, the, the, the quality of the products from action figures and DVDs to video games and books, you know, and, and really, you know, as a writer, it's a, it's a huge thing when, when you make these requests for materials, interviews, you know, I, I have to tell you, I, for the 30 years of WrestleMania, I mean, I went to the WWE warehouse uh, several times, and it was just so in inspiring. You know, you see all of the things from wrestling's history, and not just WWE. I mean, from all over the world, they have artifacts mm. uh, that the WWE archivist just does incredible work. So... It's uh, it it's really been just a uh, a great time. There's you know no other way to put it. Well, I'm gonna have to get you back on to talk about wrestling video games because we here at the yeah, Interna man. seriously, man, we here at the international desk, we love our video games. Uh, the fact. Oh, that I uh, I I love them too, and I, I'd love to come back on. I'll give you an idea of how much I uh, I love wrestling video games to this day. Uh, I still have all my video game systems. I had Giant Graham Wrestling for Sega Dreamcast, uh, which was ever. a Japanese title. Yeah. Um, I had the Fire Pros and Tukan Retsuden on PS1. I got my PS1 modified back in the day. And then my favorite series of all time is um, Virtual Pro Wrestling 1 and 2 for the N64. That's excellent. Uh, That's excellent. You know, a lot of, a lot of people will, uh, will remember that as the engine that was used for WCW World Tour, yeah. uh, WCW NWO Revenge, and then the WrestleMania 2000 and the No Mercy uh, video games. But I have to tell you, man, I still have my Japanese converter for the N64. Um, so, 
uh, Virtual Pros 1 and 2. I, I'd love to come back on if you guys are ever doing something about wrestling video games for sure. Brian, you are a book, sir. We will talk about that after we finish this uh, this up because yeah. uh, we do. We, we often we often go and look at a lot of wrestling video games, so that is on the books. I'm sure fans of the show now are are very happy to hear that you want to come back on for that. But uh, let's talk about the book because yes. uh, th- that's important now. I just it's just a uh, it is a phenomenal task that you've undertaken. You know, the encyclopedia was one thing, and I do have some questions about that. But what made yeah, you? Yeah, sure. But what made you want to get into the thirty years of WrestleMania? Like, yes, obviously this was WrestleMania thirty uh, that just went by. But what made you sit down and go, right? I'm going to cover all this because not only do you have to deal with the, the rock and wrestling, you have to deal with the, the Federation years, the Attitude Era, and then all the way up to ruthless aggression and post PG. What's going on with this? What what was what was the thought process behind? You know, it was a concept that WWE had that that they were were working on internally, and I received a phone call last spring, and was asked if I wanted to be the writer for this story, and it was it was another time where, you know, working with WWE and working with DK. And, and knowing the quality of the books that WWE and DK put out, you know, I couldn't say yes fast enough. And, um, you know, I knew that it was going to be a huge undertaking. But at the same time, you know, that if there's a huge undertaking to be done, uh, there's no better partners to have than WWE and DK. And there's actually a splash page in the U.S. um, with the uh, 30 Years of WrestleMania page. Uh, The book is available for pre-order now, so you could pre-order it. But the reason why I'm mentioning it is because you'll get some page previews uh, from WrestleMania 3, WrestleMania 18, and WrestleMania 30. So it'll give people a glimpse of how amazing this book looks mm. uh, thanks to the uh, design team at DK. And, and that's one thing that I think anybody who has seen at least a copy of uh, the, the WWE Encyclopedia will know that, you know, full glossy pages, nice hardback. It's great for your coffee table, you know. It's also a, a, gr- a totally great read, but it's a very, very smart looking book. So I, I can't wait to get my hands on, on a copy of it because um, it's something that you can even as a non-wrestling fan can actually enjoy because it's very very interesting to see these colorful characters and just how wrestling has gone from being a territory uh particularly the wwf all the way up until uh, open to to what it is now being the the global juggernaut you know it, it really is something that would be cool to see in that manner you know but did you were you a wrestling fan before you started working and and being a writer I, I was. I grew up on Long Island uh, here in New York, a huge, huge wrestling fan from uh, as long as, and far back as I can remember. Um, you know, I'm a, a proud kid of the 80s. So uh, the New York City area was um, was one where um, – we had cable television. It was one of the first places in the United States that that had cable TV very early. So um, I was watching WWE, 
I was watching uh, the NWA, Jim Crockett Promotions uh, on WTBS, and before that, Georgia Championship Wrestling on WTBS, and that was on the weekends. Um, during the week on ESPN, we had Vern Gagne's AWA Wrestling from Minnesota, and we also had the Von Erichs World Class Championship Wrestling. Um, so, you know, there was an incredible amount of wrestling, not only because in the 80s there was that huge boom, um, but with cable television, you were seeing programming that was not just in your uh, geographic region as it was in the past. Um, I mean, we even had uh, on WPIX one of my favorite shows uh, was Gordon's the great Gordon Soli and Joe Pettisino hosted the show Pro Wrestling This Week. And uh, back then, that was like a, a sports center style, a sports, re almost like if uh, maybe uh, some of the members of your audience would see like Sky Sports or BBC Sports. Um, it was like a sports recap style show for pro wrestling. And, uh, and I have to tell you, I remember seeing footage uh, from the territories in the United States. I remember seeing footage from the territories, especially uh, in Canada, Stu Hart Stampede Wrestling, footage from Japan, Mexico, and footage from Europe at that time. So right. um, I was a huge fan growing up, uh, collected the action figures, the magazines, um, I have all my Coliseum home videos from back in the day. Uh, so, yeah, I, I was a huge, huge fan. Right. Uh, and, and still am. You still, you're still into the current product? Oh, oh gosh, absolutely. I mean, you know, I'm, I'm a fan and I approach everything uh, with the, the, the enthusiasm of a fan yeah. because I st I'm still a fan of the industry. So, mm. um you know, now as, as you get older, you have different experiences, you know, and now as a writer and, you know, past marketing experience, you're, you're approaching it in a different way. Um, but that, that, that passion and enthusiasm is, is still there. And, you know, and that's something that I'll, I'll always have with me. I'll, I'll always love it. It's important to remember to be a fan. I think that's, uh, you know, if a lot of people, had that in mind i think uh we could enjoy it a little bit more you know like there is a lot of criticisms with the with the current product i'm guilty of it myself but you know once you remember why you're a fan i think that's important remembering why you're a fan which is why i'm going back to the retro stuff and it's why you blew my mind about the wrestling games you know okay why why did i like this stuff in the first place and once you remember well, that you can say ground I, I think uh you know i'm i'm right i'm right there with you um, I think the other thing is, is that the bar WWE has raised the bar so high yeah. that, you know, and this is another thing where, you know, when you're writing about WWE, whether it's the encyclopedia or, or the upcoming 30 years of WrestleMania book is there is no off season. No, there's not, you know, and that is, that is remarkable from a business standpoint, from a creative and production standpoint, and from a talent standpoint, the men and women that have been doing this 
for so many years to entertain us as fans, they do not have an off season. So when you think about creating and generating 52 weeks a year of live content, live storylines, characters, match types, you think of, of the announcers, think of the, the men and women behind the scenes, behind the camera, uh, Announce, you know, introducing the superstars and divas as, as ring announcers. I mean, you know, it's something where it's it is a it is truly a global form of entertainment. WWE. I mean, they just came back from Japan recently. Um, you know, every year for many years after WrestleMania, they have that European WrestleMania Revenge Tour. Mm. I mean, this this is truly a global entertainment company and a global entertainment entity. And I, what I like the most is just being able to sit back and enjoy it and watch it as a fan. Yeah. Uh, but that's the thing, you know, it is, there, it is constant. It's year round. It's, you know, uh, the, 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 the guys and the ladies in there obviously have, a, have to work as well, but the fans as well get burned out because there is so much, constantly you know it's just it, it's something that do you think there should be an off season do you think maybe that's why some people get upset about it they get kind of burned out because it is a very very high risk high intensity I, career i i think that and just to go back to what i mentioned before i i think that because there's no off season and because the bar has been raised so high um, I think sometimes it's taken for granted. Yes. Um, I, I really do. And, and, you know, and I, um, I do other kinds of writing in, in entertainment and, and I follow, you know, entertainment very closely, music, movies, television, other forms of the arts. And, um, I think sometimes, I, I think sometimes people take it for granted that they may be, uh, a little spoiled, um, you know, and I mean, listen, does that mean that in the several hours weekly of WWE programming, does that mean that I'm in love with every single second of it as much as some of my favorite stuff? No, but at the same time, I'm still able to sit back and enjoy it because I'm, I'm being entertained and and I think that I think sometimes I think sometimes that's that's forgotten about a little bit. Right. And Every, uh, everybody's you know, I'm, I'm I'm guilty of it, too. I mean, you know, because I'm a I'm a sports fan also. Right. You know, and sometimes I, I get as uh, passionate talking about what's going on with WWE as I do with like the New York Yankees in baseball, you know, mm. Um but it, it is one of those things where I think it's a good problem to have because, I mean, compared to, you know, previous eras, previous generations, you know, you talk about the athleticism, the entertaining ability, uh, the, the storytelling abilities in and out of the ring. I mean, it's a very exciting time for WWE right now. Well, you know... They're obviously after hitting the three, the third decade of WrestleMania, 
and the fans are different we're in a different place we're in a different product all that kind of stuff now than we have obviously seen in recent years you were in the industry or at least breaking into it during the Monday Night Wars is there any reference to the Monday Night Wars in the book um, do you touch on it at all or even were you a WCW fan back in the day uh, I, I was a WCW fan um, you know it, it's funny because uh, WCW in the when it was back when it was Jim Crockett promotions in the NWA um, they ran a couple of shows uh, in the New York City area um, and one of the few venues that they were able to book uh, was the Nassau Coliseum on Long Island so during the Monday Night War, uh, WCW, they came back to Nassau Coliseum and had a couple of Monday Nitros there. Um, I really enjoyed WCW. Uh, they had a great, I thought they had a great in-ring product uh, from like 88 to like maybe 94 around that time, like the athleticism and the matches that, that were happening from top to bottom, I thought were, uh, were really strong. And one of the things I liked about WCW was that they, they always had working agreements with new Japan pro wrestling. And they, they always made that a point to mention, um, and WWE was, was actually doing great stuff in Japan uh, during those days and into the early 90s with the uh, uh, SWS promotion. Um, but they didn't talk about that so much on, on their American broadcasts. Um, so, yeah, you know, the Monday Night War, I, I thought, was, was amazing. Um, you know, I, I was a fan of WCW. Um, I thought that the NWO was phenomenal um you know i thought the cruiserweights were phenomenal i mean i first saw the cruiserweights though in ecw um i was a huge ecw fan and um so you know when i when i started seeing you know the um the incredible talent that was in ecw that went to wcw i mean you know those nitros were kicked off in amazing fashion yeah. When you saw the matches that those guys were having, I mean, whether they were from Canada, Mexico, Japan, um, and then you think of like, you know, uh, even in the U.S., uh, guys from the U.S. as well. So, um, yeah, I, I was a big fan back then. Uh, I was changing the channel back and forth a lot. Um, but, you know, WWE, you know, they I mean, they have an incredible history as an organization. And you think of the McMahon family of creating stars. Yeah. I mean, it's it's kind of like the last remnants of the old Hollywood movie studio system. Exactly. Yeah, that that is very much what it seems like, you know, uh, and that's probably one of the reasons why you get some bad things, you know, passion projects and stuff like that. Because if you look back at the history of Hollywood, there were some strange decisions like casting John Wayne as um, Kangas Kong. Right. You know, that, that right, one, that, right. that, that's the same kind of thing. You know, if you want to draw a comparison, that's like the the XFL or, you know, even WWE movies or something like that. So that's a very, very good way of looking at it, Brian. 
Yeah, it, it, it just, you know what it is? It's, you know, I mean, it's entertainment. It's a very exciting, WWE has always been entertainment. It is, it is to me, I, I, and I do believe it, that it's the greatest form of entertainment that, that's on earth. I mean, the demands from a physical standpoint, an athletic standpoint, you think about the the skills that you need to have as a performer on top of the athleticism, the the understanding of crowd psychology, the the oratory skills on a microphone, mm. you know, to be able to tell a compelling story. I mean, it, it's just incredible in that in that way. And, you know, I, I think one of the things that you saw from the Monday Night War was was WWE's unyielding commitment, not only to excellence, but in terms of just their commitment to keep this art form going. And, you know, I mean, it really, it was a great time, you know, when you have the the television ratings when they were what they were in terms of, you know, people watching both shows and I mean, it was, I mean, we do touch on, on the Monday Night War a bit in the book. Um, I mean, WrestleMania 17, you know, you, you think about WrestleMania 17 from the, the Houston Astrodome. It was sold out. Uh, it was days removed from Vince McMahon buying Ted Turner's WCW, which was never thought of yeah, he bought it on as the Monday. a possibility. He bought it on the he Monday, and uh, WrestleMania was on uh, the Sunday. I actually watched that Nitro last night because we're going to cover it on the desk next week. Yeah, I, I, I mean, so it's one of those things, you know, where like, I mean, it really, it was just an amazing time, you know, and uh, and when you think about how WrestleMania has grown as this one-time gamble that the McMahons made. They put everything on the line to get this idea off the ground. And for and now we're talking, you know, over a decade easy uh, in terms of it being a global destination event. And it's it's truly remarkable. And and you'll see in the pages of 30 years of WrestleMania, you'll see the growth of the event. Right. Um, You know, we have special sections in the book. Um, So you'll have special tributes. I don't want to give too much away. No, no. But, you know, there'll be special tributes to The Undertaker's undefeated streak. Okay. Shawn Michaels' career at WrestleMania, the Hall of Fame, fan access. Um, you know, you you really have a, a behind-the-scenes history from both sides of the curtain, so to speak. Hey everybody, you're listening to The Power, Andy Knowles, formerly of the Pro Wrestling Rewind on ESPN Radio, and you are listening to WrestleView right here on Phoenix 
Well, are, are these kind of like pull-out sections like you had in the encyclopedia where they're they're separate away from everything else and you covered them in detail? Is, is it is it kayfabe at all or is it actually like just a good history of it? Can I, is it okay to ask that? Oh, yeah, yeah, sure, no problem. No, the uh, I mean, the, the book is a behind-the-scenes... Uh, so, like, the WWE Encyclopedia was not behind the scenes okay so that was that was the official uh, the, the w, history like the wwe encyclopedia is about the historical record of what people have seen on wwe programming okay um 30 years of wrestlemania you know every every match is written about and talked about uh you have the match results not just the listing but you have the match results for the matches and you also have behind the scenes uh, stories, anecdotes, photos, things that have you know never been seen before, never talked about before. Right. So it's going to be very, very interesting. So, you know, to, um, you know, to, to borrow the word that you used, uh, it, it's not kayfabe. It's, uh, you know, it's a behind the scenes look at the 30 years of WrestleMania. And what, if I can ask, I know this is a hard question. What has been your favorite WrestleMania or what is your what was your favorite WrestleMania to look back at? I am terrible at picking just one. <laughs> okay. Um, I, I might be the worst at that. Okay. Um, you know, there were so many points in writing the book where you just get fired up as a fan and as a writer because you love it so much. Okay. And you know how much it means to people. And, you know, writing that first WrestleMania chapter, you just get caught up in, in the facts, you know, the story of this, this idea and, and doing and putting everything on the line to get that off the ground. You know, and, and then I think back to WrestleMania three with, you know, Ricky Steamboat and Macho Man and and their their epic battle. And then, of course, you know, to me, still the biggest uh, the, the biggest rivalry and the biggest moment is still, you know, Hulk Hogan doing what was then thought the impossible of body slamming and defeating Andre the Giant. Yeah. Um, you know, then you think of, so there were so many WrestleManias that it's like, you know, everyone has this special moment or okay. this, this special turn of events. Like, you know, even think about Stone Cold and The Rock. Yeah. I mean, they main evented three WrestleManias. Mm. That's unheard of. I mean, Cena and Rock did two. Um, but we've never had another rivalry be so heated and so well received by the fans that that it was the main event of WrestleMania for three WrestleManias. That's true. And every match had different things, it told different stories. You know, it, it, I will still go back and watch Rock and Austin wrestle, you know, all day if I could. Uh, it's one well, of my and, and, and that's the thing that's so special about 30 years of WrestleMania is, you know, 
the there's such a there's such a detailed look. I mean, the book is over 220 pages. Um, you know, there's such a great look at at these stories, these rivalries, and you know, and people are going to be able to see and they're going to be able to learn that sometimes there were rivalries behind the scenes as well. You know, there were you, you know the the Montreal screw job with Bret Hart and Shawn Michaels is is very well known mm. and has become very famous you know but there have been other other people in throughout uh sports entertainment history and and the 30 years of WrestleMania where you know they didn't they didn't really get along so well behind the scenes can you tell us one or two oh i i don't want to ruin no, it no 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 okay i, okay, I, I, I don't want to ruin it but um you know, but but I'm, you know, it's, so there's there's a great look at at the history and what was going on on both sides of the ring ropes, and it's uh, it's going to be very exciting, and it's it's coming out. You know, I've been talking about it this whole time. Mm. Uh, it's coming out September fifteenth. Well, look, Brian, I am. Um... I am excited about this book. I can't wait to read it. I can't wait to to just really get into to to WrestleMania as a whole. You know, it's one of those things that people really, really enjoy. It's the biggest event uh, of the wrestling calendar, and it's something that I I think will be known in a couple of years as a seminal, important book. Because rarely do you get someone who is a fan to write at this level and also not you know not insult people's intelligence and and give them what they want you know because there are all different levels of fans and this seems to be the book that every wrestling fan should own i well conveniently i agree with you <laughs> um, <laughs> you know but I, I one of the things that's very important and you know when when i get to work with wwe and dk it's always the goal that that whatever is written is written in a way where fans of all ages and types can enjoy it and there's no there's no sacrifice in quality right so if you're i mean because the other thing too is you know we talked about the monday night war before i mean there's a generation of fan that is that are in the seats now at wwe events all over the world they have no idea what WCW was. That is so strange for me to hear. I, I, I mean, they weren't. They either weren't born yet, or or they were infants. I mean, well, let, you know, let, let's face it, Brian. Right? I was eleven. Okay. <laughs> when the Monday Night Wars ended, eleven or twelve, and I remember yeah. it. You know, uh, Corey was a little bit younger, and and Gary was a little bit older, but we were all at that age and I remember it but yeah when I think back I'm like yeah the kids there they, they weren't born they don't know what WCW or ECW actually are outside of what WWE puts forward so yeah it's a very very good point so I guess you know it would mean different things to us right and and the thing with that also is is that you know you have different levels of fandom you know you have that that real dedicated fan that's watching every single minute um they have all the magazines the action figures they download the app they have the wwe network they have the video games they have the shirts you know and then you have some other fans that you know they tune in faithfully but you know so that their level of dedication varies 
but their level of interest, general interest, is the same. So, you know, 30 Years of WrestleMania is is that perfect book for fans of all ages to learn about what really is today the greatest live event in all of entertainment. It, well, speaking of which, uh, one of the biggest monuments, I think, in WrestleMania is The Undertaker's streak. Now, personally, I wanted to see Sting go against The Undertaker at WrestleMania, but <laughs> that wasn't going to happen. You know, Sadly, it probably never will happen. But now, don't give away too much because I know you have a whole spread for it, but talk to me a little bit what the streak meant to you as a wrestling fan and what it means uh, in the context of WrestleMania. I th- I think that the Undertaker's streak represents the the dominance of one of the greatest storytellers that sports entertainment has ever known and that streak is evidence of his abilities in and out of the ring as a performer and as a human being. And it's something that I don't think we will ever see again. And it really is a testament to everything The Undertaker has been to his fans and colleagues and everything he has worked for. To me as a fan, um, you know, and this is where, you know, there were many parts of the book where, you know, it does get a a little sentimental and a little emotional. And sometimes it's, you know, you have to, you can't get caught up in that. But, you know, I remember, I remember, Undertaker's debut at the 1990 Survivor Series. I remember his his first WrestleMania at WrestleMania um, 7 when he defeated Jimmy Superfly Snuka. Mm. So I've seen every single WrestleMania from WrestleMania 1 on. I've seen every Undertaker match. Um, and it's it's actually incredible when you think about how he has evolved as a performer and a storyteller and not just from a physical standpoint, not just from his physical appearance, Mm. but again, the, the abilities in the ring, the motions, the movements, the mannerisms, um, his entrance alone, um, has become this, this lore this this great form of theater yeah so it's uh very well represented in the book and the section on the streak is is just amazing again the you know the designers at dk are the best um and you know and and you and and your audience will see it and i i can't wait when you do because it uh it's really special well, it's something. It's something that myself, as a fan, as everybody else who listens, loves the Undertaker. You know, he's just he is the phenom. He's one of those people that when people think about wrestling, 
they think of the Undertaker, you know, and it. Were you sad to see the streak go? Uh, that's not that. That's putting it mildly. Yeah, you were. Uh, were you? I uh, I was as a fan. I, I was shocked. I was I was just in shock for days. Um, I was, you know, and, I, and there was a part of me that was sad a little bit. I there, I really hoped. I had hoped that 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 was going to remain uh, perfect, and and I and I really thought after the Shawn Michaels and Triple H matches, which are phenomenal, um, I I really thought I said, okay, there's no way that this could be broken. Um, I thought I I thought CM Punk did an amazing job. Mm-hmm. Leading into WrestleMania 29, um, being the Undertaker's opponent, I, that was that was just, I mean, some of my favorite work from him. Yeah, definitely. Uh, um, you know, so I really did. I, I thought that that this was going to remain, you know, perfect. Mm. Um, and when it wasn't, I mean, you you got an idea of the impact that it had culturally because it made uh it made the mass media news here in the states wow that's that's insane you know and the way that um if you look back and watch wrestlemania 30 you can see the shock and the awe on people's faces i mean the, the the entire superdome went silent and the only way that I can uh, compare that to anything was the way that people that were there uh, in the 1970s described when Bruno San Martino lost his championship to Ivan Koloff at Madison Square Garden. Mm, it's a sense of disbelief. Uh, uh, the stories there were exactly that now that was a much smaller venue and it wasn't a wrestlemania obviously yeah but but the principle of okay everybody here is is in shock and they are speechless Mm. um you know so and that's written about too i mean you know every match in wrestlemania you know is talked about in that book and you know i mean that the the match with brock lesnar it was really something I, I really never thought it was going to happen. Do you think he was the right? What did you think? I I like you. I, we were watching it as a group, and um, I was covering it for the Sun, and um, I, I slipped into fan mode. I was I got really speechless. I was upset. I I was in shock. You know, like everybody else, we just couldn't believe that this happened. You know, it was it was something else. It was something else. You know, I know people that stopped watching because of it. Um, which is probably a, a bit extreme, but I honestly think that Brock Lesnar was the right man to do it because he's the most legit. I think this was Undertaker doing the old school job on your way out thing and making Brock Lesnar bigger than he already was. Yeah, I you know it's so funny because the there seems to be so many different theories on. Um, on on when 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 was this decided to happen whose call was it you know i mean it's very it it really is very interesting 
And, um, you know, the thing is, is that this was the choice that was made, you know? Um, so, I, I mean, it's funny because I, I kind of felt the same way when uh, the Shield split up. I agree. I mean, I thought the Shield was one of my favorite things that WWE has done in a long time. I thought every week was phenomenal with them. Um, when they split, and I thought Payback was one of the best pay-per-views in a long time. Oh, yeah. And, um, you know, it was kind of a similar shock just because I, I just didn't think that was going to happen. Um, but, you know, it's one of those things where that's the direction that they're that they're going, you know. So I don't want to, I would I would never recommend to anybody to stop watching. Hmm. Um, but you know, it, I mean, if you love it that much, which, you know, you hope that we all do, you know, you, I, you know, I, I hope that there's something else on the card that, that can, bring can back. you know, that can really, uh, keep them, you know, keep them, uh, involved. Cause it's, uh, it's too great of a form of entertainment to, you know, to walk away from. I agree, Brian. I think it's just, it's the passion, you know. People get really, really into it. It, it becomes more than what it is because it is such an interactive form and I think sometimes people lose sight of it. But, it, you know, it, that's what makes it so great, you know. You can you can boo, you can cheer, and at the end of the day, you know, it's still going to be there. So maybe people need to calm down a little bit with that. But I think the Brock Lesnar streak, uh, sorry, Undertaker streak, beaten by Brock Lesnar in a couple of years it will gain even more gravitas as we continue on. You know, I'm really looking forward to see what you actually uh, have written about it. Uh, but one final thing uh, before I let you go. Well, two things, really. Sure. The first thing, is there anything that you have omitted from this book? And the reason why I say it is because uh, Triple H having his match with Undertaker at WrestleMania 17. Yeah. And you know, WWE kind of just ignore that one. Is that is that in the book? Is is there anything said about that? And, and oh, it's in there. It's in there, is it? It it oh yeah, it's in there. That and, was a great uh, match. The um, I, I think there were one or two interviews where where Triple H acknowledged it. I you know the the um when when they renewed their rivalry for WrestleMania twenty seven, it was not it was not something that was brought up. And I, I think that was just because it was a different time. Yeah. And, you know, they, if you were a fan then, you knew that they met and you knew that they were in the Attitude Era together. You know, at WrestleMania 27 at that point, they really were what they said and that these were the last two outlaws from this generation mm. so i could understand i could understand where some people were a little maybe disappointed that the first one wasn't talked about but when you look at it in that way and and what they were talking about going into wrestlemania 27 it it really didn't it almost wasn't relevant right because the the Undertaker Triple H story for WrestleMania 27 
was really about the the symbolism of these two last pillars of the WWE's greatest era. They're the only ones left. And it's kind that's of what it, that's what it was about. And it's kind of funny kind because of, because the story going into WrestleMania 17 was very poor. Um, so I, I can understand why they chose to just completely uh, omit it, but I did actually enjoy the match. I, I just would have liked to see uh, something referencing to it, you know. But I agree. Oh, I, I, I thought think it was. A, I, I thought the the Undertaker Triple H match at WrestleMania 17 was awesome. Yeah, it's an awesome. It's an awesome match. Definitely. Yeah. Uh, and it is. We do talk about it in the book. Some of the you know details leading up to it and things like that. So um, you know, your your you and your audience will uh, will definitely get a, um, a a good idea of of what was what and you know stuff that was going on at the time. Cool. So you cool. so you follow everything up. You give context to all the all the WrestleManias before you go into it. Uh, yes. Great. That's that's really yeah. cool. Yeah. I mean, you know, there's. Um, you know, one of the things that's, that's difficult with, with these works is, you know, eventually you do have to stop working on it. Um, it is a, it's a product that a, a business is coming out with and you have to hit the, you have to hit the release date and there has to be, um, enough time. Everybody loves the quality of the WWE DK books. You know they have to have a certain amount of quality uh, production time in order to continue to exceed people's expectations. Um, but you'll see. I mean, it's over. It's it's over two hundred and twenty pages. So you'll you, you'll see. And look, I I think uh, everybody just needs to just go in and actually see what you have produced in this. You know, DK, you have a great. Uh, track record yourself uh brian i've I've liked everything you've done i'm interested now to actually going back and picking up what i haven't actually uh had a chance to look at yet so i want to thank you very much for coming on the show and is there anything you'd like to say to people who are on the fence about picking up this book well first off i'd like to thank you again for having me on and um and the support i really appreciate it this was a a phenomenal conversation and I can't wait for our next one. Um, I'd just like to tell all the fans, you know, thank you also for your continued support over the years. Um, you can follow me on Twitter. Uh, my Twitter handle is at it's Brian Shields, all one word, um, where I, I talk about writing, wrestling, video games, sports. Um, there's a little bit of everything. I'm also on Facebook. Um, so it's, it's always great connecting with fellow fans and for right now, you know, it's, it's what the, um, one of my favorite announcers, the hall of famer gorilla monsoon used to say, you know, September 15th history will be made. It will be a happening 30 years of WrestleMania will be available in stores where books are sold before then. The only way to guarantee your copy is if you pre-order it. And I urge everybody to go over now to www.wwe.com forward slash events and you'll be able to see everything there as well or go to the DK site. And, you know, guys, we're going to be promoting this on all the international desk sites on Rescue and everything so you guys will be able to get it. But Brian, thank you so much and have a good day, sir. Thank you.